Guten Abend. My name is Ernst Müller, but you can call me Oberstrugenführer Müller. And I'm here to talk to you about my new show, Operation Poltergeist. Now you may be saying, Oberstrugenführer, you have a podcast show? Yes. I'm actually quite heavily featured in two separate projects produced by the Bardic College, Cthulhu in Cairo, and now Operation Poltergeist. The first many of you already know, as a show in which a group of common-bred lowlifes traipse around the globe, trying to undo the plans of my beloved Thule society. In this show, however, I will be able to finally introduce the listeners to some of my key allies, who are as determined as I am to bring our vision of the world to the unenlightened masses. But be warned, Operation Poltergeist is only available as a Patreon exclusive. But why, Omastrumenfuro? Why? For two reasons. First, because it is their wish to honor their Patreon members for their support, as they should. And second, because they are not brave enough to allow my deeds of glory to be broadcast on the open sites of the internet. They lack the courage to give a com committed hero of the Thule Society, such as myself, a platform on which to recruit more impassioned fighters for the cause. And so I will punish their new team of players with unspeakable horrors. If they attempt to interfere in any way, I will hunt them with my knock commandos, and with all the power of the Elder Gods that I can summon. I cannot be stopped. I will not fail. Listen to Operation Poltergeist starting in June by joining our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash the Bardic College. Hello, my name is Lauren, but you probably know me as Catherine Ross. I'm here to let you know that if you love our content and want to feel the same dread, terror, and jubilation that I do, then make sure to check out Lurking Fears when you head out to your next convention. With a great group of professional storytellers, Lurking Fears is able to weave stories that will haunt you and take you to the very edge of madness, which is something I know a little bit about. Now, while specializing in Call of Cthulhu, Lurking Fears also runs games from a variety of other systems, so there's something for everyone. They're committed to running heavy RPG adventures that are driven by the narrative, and of course, by the player's choices. So, check out their Facebook page, and follow them to keep on top of which con they'll be hosting games at next. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Now, let's get back to the action and see what our Keeper Raz has in store for us. But if history has taught us anything, probably going to be bad news. You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at the Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey everyone, it's Raz, and you are listening to Cthulhu in Cairo, a Bardic College show. And I am joined by the entire team. And hello team, how's everybody tonight? Good. Very excited, very excited. Just fabulous. We have just had the uh, spooky art encounter uh, in John Schooley's cell up, in the up at the monastery. And I uh, had met with Imi Bumptu, and he kind of explained the Buddhist philosophy on the universe of let it, you know, just let it be. <laughs> That's, it is what it is. Nothing we can do about it. I'm sitting on the side of the mountain waiting for the sun to be blocked out and a large shadow to loom overhead. But you know what? That, it is what it is. And it's, it, either way, it's a gift. Whether, whether the sun comes up or the sun stays down, it's a gift. So the flight's leaving at 10 a.m. Uh, New Delhi time. I'm uh, sorry, uh, Kathmandu time, Nepal. And it, like I said, it'll arrive around 3 p.m. over in um, in New Delhi in India. The It is a commercial flight. So this one is a little bit bigger. It's going to have several people landing. It, it holds about 
18 people on this plane, so you have more than enough room for your luggage and everything. It's a bigger plane. It's actually the largest size that can actually get into this airfield. Uh, and they do this route like once every other week or so. But, it, you know, they, they get enough passengers where they can time it to get people up and down. The, the girls are already gone. Tor- Torgi's hut is there now. It has – it's going to be derelict in the last – hours days did somebody want to give it to someone get rid of it i mean there's all the equipment do you what do you want to do about the guns i was thinking maybe just leaving it to the bartender you know as sort of an extra thank you for helping us after the girls too looking after the girls i mean he did yeah he fed them he kept an eye on them while all this was going on do you mean the guns that we collected from, you know, the... Yeah, because you want to get them on the... the again, the, the flight, I think we had them all boxed up and yeah, created we as crater, right? them, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's fine. So that I'm going to let... That's going to be fine. If you create it as mountain climbing gear and you're coming back from an expedition or you're up in the in the mountains, camping gear, you know, very... No one's going to give a shit about that. Not in, not in New Delhi at this time. It's British controlled, but you have British citizens with you. You should be fine. Because mm-hmm. the British tend to kind of be very good about their own real shitty with everybody else. I'm sorry if you're British. <laughs> Historically, it just seems to be the case. <laughs> if you're British, you're perfectly fine. <laughs> Everything's up, up on, on the up and up. Guns will get on board, all that stuff. So you're at the airfield, and there's two other people going out, a couple Swedish. They've been here. They've done a, you know, a trek, and they'd stayed for a few extra weeks in Kathmandu. They'd finished their tour. They're trekking sometime in late October, early November, which is pretty late, They're just you know finalizing things up. But they had been hiking and they you know they're going on about how they hike for like a thousand miles and this was a dream thing and this is the third time they've they've done a long expedition and they're in you know his family was independently wealthy and her family was you know in banking and all this other and they're just these beautiful young chic very cool type of you know almost like if if paulo gucci not paulo was the other one Maurizio. If Maurizio Gucci was hanging out in the mountains, these would be some of the people he'd have at his table. You know what I mean? Like these are just these are just rich, pretty people, and it just happens. Like Armin von Buren fans. You know, there's there's some white house music playing somewhere in the future, and they're dancing to it. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, we probably look battle worn, haggard, just all around. I hate annoyed. Them. I hate. Them. I hate. Them. <laughs> so- Again, I'm about to say, oh, you're a nurse. That's so fascinating. I hate you. <laughs> They're not hurt. The Hippocratic Oath does not apply here. Okay. I can hurt feelings. Um, no, <laughs> listeners, I'd like to point out. <laughs> it's, we're in an airport again. Guess who's blitzed? <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you doing like um, Cannonball Run with uh, <laughs> Jack Eam when he's Jack just Eam, squirting man. the thing in his own mouth? You're just taking morphine and hit. <laughs> Not <sighs> morphine. A... It's I'm just drunk. <laughs> I don't want to become a I drug thought... addict. Thought you were doing a heavy opiate. So you're going to become an alcoholic. Listen, it's 1932. Live it up. Yeah, <laughs> it's your year, girl. <laughs> little for the patient, little for the doctor. Right. The list of drugs were known as medication still. Look, yeah, you know right. what? The, cocaine was still in Coca-Cola. At the the you college, <laughs> we do not condone like hard drug usage or alcohol abuse. Right, just casual okay. drug usage. Right. Stop full. <laughs> Catherine, I'll sit next to you on the plane if it'll make you feel better. Great. Awesome. Do people say awesome back in 1931? No, not they at all. Do. They do not. They would say neato. Ne- they would say Nito. That's really Nito. Yeah. Nito. That's the bee's knees. It's the bee's knees. Yep. Faye, you're the bee's knees. Thanks, honey. So her name is Ingrid. She has a uh, 
rank beautiful hiking suit that looks i mean it looks like they know what they're doing right they but they're kitted out if if t- by today's standards what is the, the sexiest hiking gear you can climb in they are wearing that equivalent at the time even their ropes have a, a sheen to them and maybe a slight sparkle uh, and his name is lanis lanis and ingrid borgen and uh they are they are going to be accompanying you back to new delhi and they're making just excellent small talk and everything and there's your your boxes are there your crates are there and there's this other large crate that's uh, been brought in and, and put down and as you're uh, – the plane lands and, of course, there's, I don't know, 10 people that disembark and they're just all wide-eyed, you know, and, and bushy-tailed. And Lannis is, passi- uh, is passing around a, a flask for anybody who wants a little a little something just to get a little bit of courage. Uh, Catherine, obviously, you don't need any more courage than you currently have. You're, you're, you're so – you're like, you know, <laughs> couraged up. <laughs> you're a courageous cat, for Christ's sakes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Captain's courageous. Captain's courageous. But uh, as anybody want to have a shot from Lannis's, uh let us his hip flask from his can. From from the stranger that we just met on the plane? Well, it's on the field. You're not even on the plane yet. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> You're just kind of waiting. The plane's landing. People are disembarking. Vadim is just, you know, he's 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 gawking at the bourgeoisie, you know, like these, <laughs> these rich Westerners. He, they just fascinate him. Well, her cigarette filter, the long black, you know, tapered cigarette uh, holder or filter is, you know, bottom's probably thinking is more than my shoes and yep. jacket. <laughs> like you bitch. <laughs> Could feed five families for two months with that. Yes. Does, does he take a swig off the flask? I don't know. I, she, he's, he's offering it around. Anyone need a little courage before we go on the plane? Oh, I know. Thank you. I got to watch my cousin over here who uh, got a little too much in her cups earlier. I would like one. <laughs> he passes it to you, Ella. Why do you put things in your mouth? We're just gonna let that, that is go. very it's like an ill trained baby. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> Aveline put her fist in her mouth. Ella never did that. Exactly. Ella doesn't get reads by licking things, she just has to touch them. Oh my god, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Ella put, put down the nummy, put down the nummy. Ella. I have clairvoyance. <laughs> Oh my god, the Russian Orthodox priest would not have liked me even more. Could you imagine? No. Just just stand perfectly still. You would have made many more enemies out there. She always ends up with a black eye after before reading. Like she's just she's all busted up, then she starts telling the prophecy. Jesus. Alright, that's fine. We'll see if we leave that in. Um that's fine. So they start loading everything on and um, you know. The, the customs guy is just the, the, he's the airport air traffic controller, right? He's the guy at the tower. He just comes over and he's stamping your passports and he's wishing everyone a good a good time. And Scott, you've got uh, the three crates there mm-hmm. that you guys brought full of stuff. And they just they they start loading it back on. And then he uh, he stops and he says, Miss Ross, Miss Ross, I need you to sign for this one, please. What? You're inebriated, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Vadim like like motions over to the others to like you know like in case somebody's not close to her you know somebody you know intervene. Oh, I'm I'm right next to her. So perfect. Um, what needs my autograph? Uh, just this form for this uh, case, this large c- c- package here. What's the package? I I don't know. It's your package. No, keep, it has your name her, on it. What does the package look like? Is it our package? Is it like it's long? It's about five and a half foot long. Almost, and it's about two and a half, three foot wide. We don't recognize it. No. Is that a body? Are you opening it? No. no? Then sign for the package. Can <laughs> I ask who delivered the package? It came this morning, ma'am. It's been here since I arrived. It. It has. Is this not your package? 
I can take, I will not put it on the plane if it is not part of the, ma- I thought it was on your, uh, okay. you're traveling with it. Come here, I'll sign it. Y- you recognize, <laughs> did anyone pack this package for you? <laughs> <laughs> has well, this been listen, out of your sight? It, it sounds <laughs> oh, like, obviously it has. Obviously it fucking has. Sounds like the package has been out of your sight and I you apparently it's for me and you don't know what it is. The airfield takes no responsibility for your packages. <laughs> While Catherine's signing for it, can Vodum try to uh stealthily go over by it and see if he can like test the weight of it, you know, smell it, get any sense of it? You're figuring it's probably at least 140, 150 pounds. It's heavy. Any, like, uh, sounds, like if he slightly shakes it, you know, metallic sounds or anything loose rattling well, around? Yeah. Is it hard to the hands? Is it sort of softer? It's, it's a big, it's a big box. It's, it's, a, it's, it's just a like your box. Oh, it's a box. Yeah. It's, it's a, a crate. crate. Big crate. Yeah. So it doesn't look like a coffin? Not in the, not on the outside. You know, like, uh, like, um, when he's, when I say smell like gasoline, you know, some sort of, no. you know, nothing, like nothing dangerous that you smell. No. I love how he mints his but could But could, the, could there be something, a coffin inside of it? Yeah, it looks like about that size. Is it like enforced on the inside or does it look like one hollow thing? Can can you tell if there are struts or supports in it? On the outside, keeping the whole th- framing together, it, it, it just appears to be like, everybody, anybody want to make an idea roll? Yeah. I mean, the, sure. I, the idea yeah. seems to already be in your heads, but we'll, we'll play it out. Idea is what? Intelligence? And idea? Intelligence is idea. Education is to know. It's yes. a regular success for Vonum. Regular. That's a fail. That is regular success for me as well. Okay, so uh, all of you look at it and think it could be a body in there. It big enough. It could be a casket. It's about that size. So you had said to, to that when Vodum kind of tested his weight, it was about, he would say, 140, 150 pounds? At least. Vodum goes over next to Faye and quietly asks her, about how much did Aveline weigh? About 145, give or take. Could be coincidence, although I do not believe in such things, but um, casket weigh about that. I mean, excuse me, did I say casket? I mean box. No, we, uh, yeah, I think I know what's in here. Um, at least uh, Gustav will be happy. Um, quick question, a uh, quick answer. How did Mr. Schooley get a casket up in the mountains? You know what, we're not going to ask questions about John. You don't know if the casket was in the mountains. You don't know what you don't understand how it got here, but maybe it had something to do with Emmy Bomb too. You did remember when you left yesterday. We did ask to right. Where do you know where she is? All of a sudden, you saw John appear on one of the peaks not far from you, or what you thought might have been John Schooley. And now this morning, the the box is here. And Emmy Bomb too was at the cemetery when we started digging, right? Correct. And he was the one who was really against you even digging, and then walked away. And then you spoke to him up in the uh, in Schooley's room with all the artwork. Yeah. All right. I'm. I'm gonna take this. I mean, obviously, we cannot open it here. Um, so- well, you, I mean, it's it, you could. You, it's not uncommon to fly someone home. I mean, it's and back then the paperwork wouldn't have been like today. But it does raise questions. Yeah, like that you don't know who it is. I mean, you would think that we would know. <laughs> oh, that's right. I left that at the hotel. <laughs> oh, this is our friend. Oh, hey, found. That's her. where she went. She fell off the mountain. We kind of forgot. I'm gonna sign for it. It's fine. Okay. Yay. Yes, you. If you didn't, she just would have been left here. Oh, uh, that's no. fine. So oh, that's depressing. Well, she. <laughs> well, we're bringing you home, baby. We're bringing you home. You hear from the great beyond. Thanks. Ingrid and Lannis Borgen have almost as much gear between them as you do. Just a lot of stuff. But they've been trekking for quite some time. And, you know, they leave a bunch of stuff in a place. Then they do their tour. And they always do it like they tell you they do a big circle. You know, we do a thousand miles, but it's not a straight line. We, we always come back to start to base 
for our starting point and pack up. Now we're on our way to, uh, you know, to San Moritz and we're going to be doing some things there. So they're, they're just, they're having a, they're having a grand time. They live well. The plane will take off on schedule. Not a problem. It, it fuels up. Pilot gets you up in the air with no, with no issues. Catherine, you're fine. Everybody seems to be comfortable. Plane ride's a little choppy at first getting up to alt- higher altitudes. But once you're in the air, it's a clear, it's clear sailing all the way to New Delhi. Unless you do want to speak to these people, really, they're the only other two on the plane with you. Where are you traveling from, if I, if I may be so bold? We are natives of Switzerland. Oh, oh, I've, I've heard it's a very nice country. I've never made it quite that far north. <laughs> you, are not from, you are not far north? You have an accent of um, man of Britain. Well, that's only because I cannot affect an Afrikaans accent. But uh, I'm actually from Kenya. Oh, that's magnificent. What, what do you do in Kenya, Mr. Uh, Cavendish? Jack, what do you do in Jack Kenya, Mr. Cavendish? Uh, I, I run a reserve. I run a reserve. My family has a reserve there, and we, we take people on safaris and so forth, you know, animal hunting trips, that sort of thing. Lanis, we have always said we wish to go see the continent. We should, we should see if Mr. Cavendish will, will support us in this reserve. Of How big is your reserve, Mr. Cavendish? It's not too bad. It's about a half a million acres. It's not too large. Large enough, though. It is quite a quite a bit of game on there. A nice uh, variation. We could hunt for literally any type of plains game from that region of of Africa without without problem. Lanis is phenomenal shot. I took my shot only at him, and I struck gold. Very nice. <laughs> okay, look, that's a pulp female. Back it up. The two. Uh, Lauren's face just went sour like milk. Mel's just shaking her head. I'm sorry. You're talking about a woman from the 30s. That, they're going to have that sexy sort of, you know, swagger to them. And she's just letting joie you know that. Vive. Yeah, the joie de vivre. Ingenue meets he's my man. Yes. <laughs> well, all I'm saying is good for her. I'm horrifically scarred all over my body. So <laughs> Can't touch the, Can't touch this. Don't want to touch this. Please don't touch this. <laughs> Would that yes, be from the yes, jelly that's man? A hu- yes, that is a human bite on my ankle. No, I will not tell you how it got there. I will not be taking questions at this time. <laughs> Two-thirds of my body has been in gauze. Does that, what does that say about you, miss? Oh, dear. What a party it must have been. Ooh. I would just like to point out that Kat is not – she's doing a very bad job of hiding the fact that she's listening to the conversation. Five and a half million like half a million acres what the what are numbers that's a lot wow stop eavesdropping stop eavesdropping it's rude that's did we know he was that wealthy and wait wait a minute wait a minute like i don't hey she kind of like leans in closer to Faye. i lean a little bit back she's getting a little too close to comfort i'm trying to whisper okay jack sort of addresses adjusts his uh goggles as he looks at, at her and then back over how do we know that they're not you know I am begging you to take a nap. What if they're like, they're they're tall, blonde, attractive, and they have money and they're interested in us? What if they're allied with him? Don't. Mm-mm-mm. I'm here. You know what? Sounds so good. And I just like pull her hat down a little bit over her eyes. Ah. I'm like, a nap. So so anyway, if you do find yourself in Nairobi, um, look up Kublawaze. It's K U B L. A, and then last name is Wazi, W-A-Z-I. Lannis, give him pen and pen. Give him your fountain pen. Let this Mr. Cavendish write this down for us. I'm so fascinated by this. I want. I wish to see this Kubla Wazi. Well, it could be enjoyable, I would think. I mean, you're, you're very much the type of individuals that we have out uh, to do our, 
uh, uh, hunting. Although, although I, I dare say, madam, that you would probably be more happy back at the lodge in enjoying some of the more creature comforts. No, Lannis has taught me to shoot. I am not the marksman that he is, but he has taught me to shoot, and I know how to... I am more than powerful enough oh, to kill. Sounds very good. What kind of things have you killed, may I ask? Uh, on hunting ships, of course. Uh, let's see. What is that um, mountain cat thing? What is that called, Lannis? It was boring at the time. But I, enjoy, I mean, I enjoyed the, I enjoy the smell of the gunpowder when it leaves the cartridge. You know what I mean, Mr. Jack Evans? I do. I actually do know what you mean. It is wonderful. <laughs> she says in a whiff of It's cotton. just... There is something about life over de- life and death hanging in the balance as you pull this, as the triggers. I'm sorry, Lannis. I know you say squeeze. The only thing I want to squeeze is you. Right, he's down there trapped. I'll leave the squeezing to you. Literally, I'll just go, oh, God. That, what was that? Oh, that was an interesting. So, so Lannis, do you enjoy a good squeeze? <laughs> well, she treats me very well. You cannot. You must see the spring in my step, Mr. Cavendish. Yeah, I'm, I'm more thinking that perhaps we should call you Grapefruit or Citrus, give you a nickname. <laughs> we shall see. Uh, how many how many people can you accommodate in your res- in your reserve, as you call that? Uh, we have many friends. We might make a, uh, I don't know, a, a, a few weeks out of it. Well, if you're referring to parties, we'll have anywhere between three and five parties at a time on the property. But we will only have uh, a maximum of, of five people in an individual party because you couldn't put you don't want to put too much pressure on the game and of course it is dangerous. No, I don't mean party. I mean how many rooms do you have on reserve? I don't. Oh well, they're, they're not rooms. They're actually bungalows, and we have twelve. We have twelve bungalows. Twelve bungalows. Think of all the bungalow will hold four to six people. Yes, quite comfortably. You have bath accommodations and things. You have places to stay. You know, well, freshen up. There, there are community bath showers. I mean, you know, it, it is 1932, so you know we do we do have community baths. It's not like you're expected to bathe in the river. No, 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 not river. I mean, you bring tubs to 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 bungalows. You bring well, things. Yes, there is a tub in each bungalow. Yes, of course, and 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 our our help, our servants will bring the would bring water to your tub for you. Yes, of course. <gasps> oh, to be bathed by servants again. Think of it, Lannis. I, I don't recall it being quite that exciting, but okay. So this conversation goes on for about two hours. I was going to say, Faye looks <laughs> over at Jack and just keeps mouthing, what the fuck, over and over again. He just looks at her and just grins from ear to ear because this is like this is like stock trade, the kind of people that, that come out. <laughs> Only rich people go on safaris, not poor people. So you, you deal with this all the time. You do only perverts go on safari or what? <laughs> Is it a planes just, game? What, what we, would you call that? We just turned into Glen Gary, Glen Ross, always be closing. He's just like over there salesman. Like yeah, just, there you go. Yes. Yeah. Let me pull out the brochure for you. <laughs> when, like, when did Jack become a travel agent? <laughs> so the um, they go on and on and they, they start exchanging phone numbers to the resort in Kublawasi. They want you to write down pretty much everything you can about it. Yeah, you may have actually picked up some people. And are are they libertines? Absolutely. They are the epitome of that 30s Weimar, you know, feeling of life is short, live it up. Tomorrow, you never know what's going to happen. So they're they're post-World War One. you know, they're the kids that saw how much their parents suffered. Um, this particular family made out okay, but so many people lost lives, people die every day, children get sick. It, they're just like, I'm young, my body works, I'm going to, I'm burning it up. Anything goes. Yep. That's pretty much how they feel. So, the, you know, <laughs> Catherine being drunk 
and go and immediately going, I hate them. I was like, God damn, I can't. These you haven't even met them yet. I just hate them. All right, so you land in uh, New Delhi, and the uh, they've convinced you, Jack, that and it's we're going to roll a luck roll here for this. Jack, they're telling you. Well, actually, we'll play this part out real quick. Um, so, Mr. Cavendish, where are you staying? And once you arrive in New Delhi, obviously you're moving on. Are you going back to Kuplawatsi? Are you taking a, a plane back to Africa? Well, I'm not sure exactly when, but yes, I will be. I, ha- I have some. I have some individuals to escort back. There are some family members that will be coming back with me and need to get them situated. So I will actually be going back to Kublazi for a short period of time. If you find your way down there, I'm sure either my father, Lord Cavendish, myself, or even Kirka Yangu could take you out on a safari. Uh, he is my childhood best friend. He's a fantastic shot and, and a wonderful guy. She says, Mr. Cavendish, you and your friends, including the drunk one, must, of course, stay with us at the Imperial Hotel in New Delhi, please. This is what uh, we- I'm we, fine. <laughs> well, you said, hey, I'm not drunk, bitch. <laughs> Catherine, Catherine is exuding the energy that someone gives off right before they're about to start a bar fight. <laughs> right. It is the the Grand Imperial Hotel of New Delhi is the only place for people of quality to stay. Hey, well, I will make sure that when we land that there, I, I know the concierge personally. We've been there a few times. I will make sure that there are rooms for you and your friends. Fantastic. It sounds splendid. We'll, we'll have to uh, share a drink and perhaps talk more about uh, bringing you and your chums down for a good hunt. She clicks her tongue against her teeth, exhales and makes a circle with the smoke. I, I, I bite my tongue so that she can see me do it. I'll play the game if that's what's going to get her down there to waste her money. Sure. <laughs> I I could be a cheapo. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Jack Cavendish. What time does your husband go to sleep, madam? You know. On what? Okay. We're, we're trapped on a plane. Wow. We're, we're headed up there. I mean, we, we, what are we going to do? We're going to ignore them? No, we're going to talk. And and if they want to come to, one, if they want to come out to our our um our our place then sure absolutely i'll talk i'll talk a business with them why not i mean business. in those shorts and those shorts and high th- high thigh socks you looking i'm not sure who would be I, wearing those maybe Catherine, because i'm <laughs> certainly not wearing those i know you're wearing trousers the trousers when the boots. plane lands jack go ahead and give me a luck roll please and we're gonna see exactly what you get for that it's a this will make an easier decision no i missed it by two i'm afraid oh poor yeah, you me. can't use luck to make a luck roll no Gustav and the girls are not staying at the Grand Imperial Hotel. They're staying at another nice hotel in the area, but not the Imperial. Maybe slightly out of Gustav's range, or maybe he thought it was too in, too conspicuous. So, but you can easily, you, you have, you know, he gave you a number where to reach him when he took off with the girls. So you can easily have them transferred over, tr- transported, you know, over there and brought when you, once you get settled. But yeah, they're not going to be staying in the same building. No, I, I can go to them. That's perfectly fine. I don't want to. They may not welcome the girls into that hotel. Yeah, I don't know cultural things in India during that time, you know? I'll just make my excuses and say, listen, other, you know, the reservations were apparently made at another hotel and we'll have to catch up another time. Oh, could blow the whole deal. Um, the packages are unloaded. A, you're able to get somebody at the airport to get a truck, you know, um, someone in the area or a taxi and they can arrange for the truck to bring the stuff to you, the four large crates. It's really depending. Are you going to leave it out of your sight? Do you want to, someone to, are you staying with it until it gets transported? Lannis and Ingrid are very much clinging onto you, Jack, and to the rest of the friends. Ella, she's, 
she's talking to you and pulling your hand like, come on, we have to go to the Imperial. We have to, it's going to be so much fun. We're going to have such a great time. When would we find out where they are? Would I find out when I logged in, when we tried to book into the Imperial or how would I know? No, you, you know the name of the hotel that Gustav said he'd be at. He, he stays at a certain, he stay, said I'll stay at a certain place. Oh. I think uh, somebody should stay um, with the crate holding our deceased comrade. Um, yeah, I'm not letting it out of my sight. So I will, I will stand. Okay, so Faye's going to stay. So does everybody just want to stay temporarily? Or does Catherine and Jack want to go get the hotel reservations arranged and then everyone can meet up later? Jack, you can use a, a pay phone and, and, you know, a, or a phone at the office. Because remember, you you spoke to the guy in New Delhi before when Ella was taken the last time from this airport. So yeah, you you guys recognize the office of Stanley Church. He was the one who actually had, had you know contacted Reed when you landed, you know when you were here the last time, and uh, they they whisked Ella away with, by the Men in Gray. Uh, you could use their phone and contact. It's the hotel's just known as the Getz G E T Z, and it's in the British area of in, you know one of the more British sections of of New Delhi, and it's a good hotel. I mean, it's you know it's just not the Royal Imperial. So I, I guess I can move them over and we can actually, I mean, I've taken out enough money in this time frame that I could probably, uh, I could probably get new, completely new outfits for the girls too. Oh my God. You're, and you're, and you're traveling, you're traveling with rich friends. Rich friends want to impress. The first thing they want to do is set people up and impress so that you feel like you, you're behoven to them, right? That you want to be a around them. So they're you're probably not paying for cabs. They're lining up cars. They're already getting champagne ready. I mean, they're just they're not that they're the kind of people that when they walk into a building, they make a scene. And as and as practical as their gear was, it was high quality stuff. And they make this trek. So there's they have this duality. But when they're among people they can impress, they want to impress. But when they're out in the in the when they're doing their thing, they're they're decent hikers. They're they're good. They're solid. But when they get among their own, they want to behave like, you know, Rich savage, right? So yeah, if you want to call the Gets and get a hold of Gustav and ask him to bring the girls over to the Imperial or head there in a little bit, yeah, so I'll do that. So you're going to store all the gear. So a truck does show up. All the gear is loaded, including what you believe is Aveline's body. All that's heading over to the Imperial. You guys can have that put in some sort of a you know in their basement where it's nice and safe. Whatever they'll they'll store things for people. This hotel is meant for it. Let me show you what the Imperial looked like back in 1932. Okay, so there's the Royal Imperial in 1932, and it's a very modern building for its time. Yeah, um, the in, the inside is absolutely gorgeous. When you see it, it's like mind blowingly uh, the, the amount of money that must have taken to build it. But yes, this is what this is where you're headed. We'll drop you guys off there, no problem. They uh, Lannis and Ingrid move in, walk in. They they greet the concierge. You know, they're like, oh, these are our friends are coming in other cars. We need rooms for them. They set up rooms for everybody to make sure that you have accommodations. This place is massive. It's not a problem. And every everything's just going, you know, perfectly to the, the way you would want it according to plan. And yes, just as you guys are arriving in the cars, about 10 minutes behind them, they said, oh, we'll see you there. We're going to get everything set up. Standing on the sidewalk near the Imperial is Gustav and the two girls. And they see you and, and they see everybody arrive and they're like, Mr. Jack, Mr. Jack. And they come running over. They hug you and they're like, oh, Miss Catherine, Miss Ella. Hello, Miss Dawson. Hello. Hello, Mr. Vodham. And they're just like, you know, being very sweet. And they like, we're so glad to see you again. Why are you wearing glasses, Mr. Jack? Well, it's very bright. It's so good to see you girls. I'm so happy to see you. You've made oh, my day. Girls. wonder how they're going to th- react to that. What, girls? Hmm. No, to the, when you take your glasses off. I didn't do it. I never will. I never will. <laughs> no. I don't want them to stab me in the face. Yeah, just say that. I hurt my eyes, you know, whatever. 
mean, I can get I can get dark spectacles to wear too, so that they're little round spectacles that would be close up to your eyes and they wouldn't see it. Yeah, we can, you can have that done in New Delhi if you spend a few days. Or it, actually, if you go, there's optometrists and stuff in all parts of the world at this point. <laughs> if I could just put them on your Jesus, right? Good Lord, man. So, um, there she's telling you about their trip with Gustav and the, the younger ones. Like, oh, and we had so much fun at the hotel, Mister Jack. They we we did swimming. We had pillow fights with Gustav. We were helping serve food out on the balconies and out by the pool. Wonderful. And what, we were we were making beds. Wait, why why were you making beds and and, and serving people? Gustav's like they made friends with some of the staff, and it was they just they had nothing to do. They were bored, so I allowed them to be with them. I was you know I kept an eye on them. I knew these people. Okay, um, I, but they're I, two young women, and they were just interested in being busy. And instead of them. Walking around the city the entire and with me, I did. I thought it'd be better just to have them have busy things to no, do. No, I agree. I agree. Did I they just, get paid? I made sure that they were given something for their effort. Okay, you're you're still in the good books, Gustav. Okay, don't you're fine. I, I, I just want to make sure as their ward that they're they're taken. You know, they're taken well care of and not taken advantage of. Of course, I would never want anyone to take advantage of the girls. Ever. Kids are innocent. They do not see it that way. They see other kids. They want to play. They want to be with work, whatever. It all is the same. Whether in factory or on farm. Yes, <laughs> that's right. What? Coal mine. Watch your finger around that moving part. Oh, there it goes. Vadim, when were your teddy bears taken from you by the KGB? <laughs> I do not know what this means, teddy bear. It is too oh, soft and too plush. You do not need this. Give it to Did me. Did you not have any toys as a child? <laughs> the teddy bear is a toy. It's like toy bear. Sounds interesting. <laughs> they actually wouldn't know what a teddy bear is. Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> because a teddy bear was invented. He doesn't know anything about Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> yeah. You were named after Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. So they wouldn't. People that didn't would... have bears before then? Teddy, the teddy bear came from Teddy Roosevelt. It's oh, because wow. of a bear that he killed on. He did not kill on a hunt. He, he decided not to kill a bear on a hunt. And mm -hmm. so that became very a big favorite thing for all the people. And they named him. And he was a huge conservationist. Bear. He's the one who. Uh, Started the national park system. So that's where. So the teddy bear is a very American thing. Yeah. Okay, makes sense why I would say it then. But I, I was just. Wow. But I had okay. toy like you know stick and bowl, you know cup, box, log, shovel, pit, <laughs> log, lovely <laughs> wooden objects of various types. Yes, that was a Ren and Stimpy callback for all of you who recognize it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hmm. An Easter egg from Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> I'll, I can tell uh, Gustav about what we found, what was brought to us. Because I know you, you were successful. You, thank you so much. It means a lot to get this. Will mean a lot to get her back home. Yeah, I um, I just kind of like lean in and I go. She was. We went to go see John, and we didn't see him, but we saw the people that he's been staying with, and we think that he returned her. There was no return address, but I mean, it's how many people have access? You know, it's process of elimination. I, I, I think I understand, but the most important thing is that she will be able to go home. Yeah, you'll have to fill us in on where she's going and everything, but I'm happy she's going home. As am I. It is probably a good time, too, because we've had some some news that I'm going to have to take care of once I get this mission done. I'm going to have to go back and look into some things. We have two people missing, and I, I, I just need to check up on what's going on with our agents with her agents that are left who's missing they are gustav's located in, in around europe and they are not they're not checking in and central's the central person who takes all of the, 
the communiques and says he has not heard from them in, in two weeks. Uh, one is almost three. I just want to make sure nothing bad has happened or something has gone wrong. It would be a shame to keep having losses. Yeah, I, I, I hope everyone is okay and safe. Um, I know you probably don't want to share, but where were they stationed? Because I know that she was having issues with one of them, but... One is in Norway uh, and the other is in Portugal. Portugal? Yes. I really... We don't all know each other. We, we, we know each other, you know, rough locations, but that is what I was told. As one of the elders I'm of her group, I, I, I'm, I've been a good stuff a little bit longer, so I was recruited fairly young. Yeah. Um, I just happen to know. Keeper, real quick, um, Gustav knows that Vadim's going to Portugal because we set things up through him, if I'm remembering correctly. There was things that were getting put in motion. Yeah, he mm-hmm. he, he made some contacts yeah. and made some inquiries for you. But yes, he, I, matter of fact, Faye, you, by his look on his face, you do not think he's he thinks one is a tab, is in any way attached to the other. Oh, okay. Like, what What do you mean? Like, the... like he's not going, oh my God, it must be because of Adam's kids. It's nothing like that. No, I, I he's just, just saying. No, it's just, it's a weird coincidence. It's a weird, yes. But yeah. it, he doesn't think one has anything to do with any of the other. All right. I'll 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 still tell Vodham when we have a chance just to warn him. Okay. So you're set, getting set up in your rooms. The girls are jumping on the bed, Jack. And I'll show you what that kind of looks like. Matter of fact, I'll show you all the uh, the hotel photos. Kayla, I'm sorry you can't, again, you can't see some of this. It's just, it's basically a uh, very posh. Oh, very nice. Hotel from the time. Um, it's got a tiled pool that actually is in, with a fountain and all kinds of patterns in it. It's 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 very pretty. If someone wants to take pictures for Kayla, that's great. The, uh, but the, yeah, the place for 1932, stellar for its time. And um, Jack is the... The bouncing is going on and everyone's yelling and people are getting settled. Everyone has their own room, by the way. They're just, they're, they're rooms. They're not full suites, but they are rooms, but you're all on the same floor. You're on the third floor of the hotel and there, there's a knock at your door, Jack. Okay. I go in into the door. Oh, there you are, Mr. Jack. I, she gives you a look like, why are there two young women on your bed? Oh, the girls. You've noticed the girls. Yes, they are my wards. They are who I've come to pick up. They're going to come back with me to Kubawazi. I'm, I am officially their ward. I'm the Uncle Jack, as it were. It's quite nice. She raises an eyebrow, looks again. She says, we are meeting some very important friends around eight o'clock for cocktails and then dinner. Will you bring your friends down, Mr. Jack Cavendish? Yes, yeah, so I will certainly try and see if we, we can accommodate that. Sure. Is anybody going to dinner? Well, I was going to say that I call down I call down to see if I can get someone to bring some some change of clothes for the girls to help them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Get them some nice clothes. Because we, you know, we are, I am, for whatever reason, right? He is sort of a, a semi-posh kind of guy. So he's going to want them to, to dress nice and, and look good. He wants to give them the nicer things, you know? They're not going to be running around at wags at the, uh, at the estate. Are we all in the same room? Like, we're all... No, no, you all have your own, each everybody has their own room. Gotcha. Is Vadim dun- jumping on my bed as well? This is unexpected. Vadim is jumping on his bed as well. Yeah, you know, he, the girls are taller than him, so... <laughs> Easy there, boy. Get off the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Although with his, with his strength and size, they may just vault them through. Yeah. You know, they're they're Napoli's young children. He may just take them all, like, woo. Ah. But uh, no, everyone has their own room. And Vadim, you know, you, arranging the flight, you did that before you left the airport. You you know, in two days, the flight will be leaving for Portugal. You can jump on that one. And then the Kublawazi one's going to be a day after that. So they're all coming together in the next several days. Yep. So that's all good. Is anybody not interested in going down and talking to Lannis and Ingrid and, and the rest of the important people? The only problem I see with this is that I'm wearing like climbing glasses that I can't take off. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to theoretically, I'm going to probably be putting on a suit 
and going downstairs with climbing glasses on. You can tell them that you were you suffered snow blindness in the mountains. Yeah, I hurt my eyes. I guess. Whatever. As your physician, I will explain. Excellent. Leave it to me. Vadim is very uncomfortable around these people. He uh, he does not care for them, but uh, but he will go nonetheless, just for for sake of keeping eye on things. So I'll I'll ask Gustav if he can if he can stay with the girls until we return. We can't come downstairs. No, I'm sorry, girls. I wish I wish you could, but I I have a I'm trying to do business with these people. They, they have an interest in coming out to Kubawazi and and hunting. We know how and, we know what side the fork goes on, Mister Jack. We, we can we can do this. Yes, we can. I know. We'll bring the food out. I know. And if it were up to no. me, I would absolutely. I would absolutely. No, I would absolutely. <laughs> I would absolutely have you down with us, and I will. And we will. We will have breakfast together, and all of our dinners. I together. butter a roll. I can butter a roll. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, not this one trip. But uh, we, I will see you later. I promise. And then I, I get Gustav I, staying up here with us. Gustav, would you would you mind terribly? I'm so sorry. No, of course I don't want to eat with the adults. I'd much rather stay in this room. <laughs> Thank I you. Think. I do appreciate it. Thank you for understanding. <laughs> so very kind. Can't the girls stay in the room by themselves, and we just say, "Don't open the door." For... I give him a condescending pat on the shoulder. Thank you so much. That's very kind. Of you. <laughs> I did bring back your friend's body, you bitch. <laughs> Poor Gustav. I mean. This is why NPCs never join this type of a group because you're all just, <laughs> we'll leave him to watch the dog. Well, you don't mind. First of all, if I don't have him stay with them, we're going to be halfway through the meal and these kids are going to come running down because I know the keeper and they're going to be yeah. delivering food. And and, yeah. and they're not going to be like, no, 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 you don't work here, Dale. You're not, you're not one of them. You're not a server. I know. And it, Scotch neat, Mr. Jack. No. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is, wow. <laughs> All right, so so everyone is getting dressed up, cleaned up, and going downstairs? I am not dressing in my frumpy skirt suit this time. I'm so proud of you. I am wearing a dress. That's Ooh. wonderful. That's wonderful. Kate's yours. going to look quite uh, quite uh, stunning. Thank you. Are you wearing a head, something over the, the hair with... The, like a like a late twenties, early thirties flapper hat, or, you know, pull down kind, or anything like that, or just your hair's out. It's out, but like it's pulled back a little. I mean, okay, I'm still practical. Ella, are you getting dressed up a little bit? I mean, maybe not in your Moscow Stalin red, but are you putting on something? <laughs> yeah, put well, that what away. What dresses do I have? <laughs> That's the only uh, I, one you have. Well, three of the trunks are for you. So, well, we got. <laughs> we... Okay, okay. <laughs> Those kidding. are herbs and other medicinals that I use for various ritualistic practices. But we were provided with gowns the night of the party. So what other dresses do I possibly have in my trunk? Anything you were carrying with you. If you And again, you you arrived at, at like 3 p.m. Dinner's not till 8. You, you could have, this hotel would find people to come over and fit you with something. It may be off the rack, just in a dress shop, but they would be able to come up with something stylish that's, especially if it's local flavor. If it has a local, like, you know, a sort of syrup to it or a, you know, it's, it, again, embracing cultures back then was what you like. You did it not because you were trying to be nice about it, but it's what everybody had to wear. And that, and if you're in a spot, you'd wear something, you know, silk or satiny, and then dressed up. So yeah, you could find something to wear. Okay, well then, um, to because we are in New Delhi, I would probably pick like something coral or pastel-y as like fabric choices with gold accents, maybe orange. She's rocking it. And it's form-fitting because she likes it. I will also be wearing a dress. Um, and I'm going to have a wrap on. Something that covers me a little bit more because of my uh, latest scarring to my body. My hair's down to cover the latest scarring on my body. I put on makeup. I'm feeling good. Um, I do want to walk down with Vadim, though. And um, just say a quick word to him and just say, you know, 
maybe be on extra alert when you're in Portugal because one of the Gustavs, one of Aveline's men hasn't checked in in two weeks and Gustav's getting worried. I don't think it has anything to do with your family, but just something to think about. Information is important. It is what we broker, and I appreciate that. So when you get down to the, the lobby, the Landis, uh, Landis and Ingrid are there, and they're like, darling, Jack, over here, Faye. Oh, and Mr. Gavrilov, and then there's Ella. And then over here, please, this is where we're going to be. We're going to have our friends over here. And let me introduce you to some of the most important people here in India. A magistrate, ladies, you'll enjoy it. Margaret, Ma- Ma- Margaret, I have friends from that we have made on the plane ride over from, I was telling you about just for a few minutes, from Kathmandu. This is, I know who that is. That's Faye Dawson. Pleasure to meet you. I'm Margaret Cousins. And we'll end it there for tonight. Okay, everybody. What? Margaret Cousins is a magistrate, she said. So, so we're going to find out a little bit more. How does a, a magistrate little bit more. know who Faye is? Yeah, what the fuck? A female magistrate you- in 1932? Wait till you're done reading about this chick when I get through this. Okay, so we're all done for you from the Water College. Margaret Cousins is going to be in the next episode. You'll find out more about her next week. Like, share, subscribe. Uh, there's a real historical twist to this. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, we're not going to have this. Isn't going to be a boom, boom, boom action sequence. But the way this all ties into the story, I think everyone's going to have a great time. So from me, Raz, and from all of my players who are the best players I, I could possibly ever ask for, thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.